Hey, Taco Tuesday fans, this is Christian Brindle. And I am Glenn Shelton. We came together and it combined our forces to create something special for insurance agents called Taco Tuesday. Let's taco about insurance. My company, Christian Brindle Insurance Services, and my company, Lead Heroes, is here to bring you the latest and greatest news happening in the insurance industry today and eat some tacos while we do it. If you enjoy the content that we put out on this podcast, feel free to leave us a review or subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Without further ado, let's get into this episode of Taco Tuesday. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. To Taco Tuesday. We have a spot. We were in the show already. We've been talking for two minutes. We are. We're officially live. We have a very special guest today, you guys, here on Taco Tuesday. One of the first questions I did want to ask you, Matt, and this is something I see come up over and over, is is text Mex? Like, is that a real thing? Is, I was I was just or... about to ask you: Are we're we just skipping the normal taco bullshit, no. or are we just getting no, right no, into the? No, questions? no, no, no. We have to we have to start with the taco bullshit. <laughs> this is all about. So, tell me about Tex-Mex. Is that real? Is Mexican food in Texas honestly that much better? Well, I, I think you have. Yeah, it is. Uh, because we had, we're right next to the border. I mean, I grew up literally 30 minutes from Mexico. And so the closer you are to the border, you have more Mexicans that know true Mexican food, right? The further up north you got, you got less and less people that have traveled up north, right? So, yeah, I believe. Let me, this camera's going to make everybody dizzy. Um, so, yeah, we got the best food, the best Mexican food, bar none. You start getting up to Dallas, it starts getting worse. Yeah. You get up to Oklahoma, <laughs> forget about it. There is no Mexican food. They <laughs> don't have any. The closest thing they got is Taco Bell. That's right. They, and they think that's Mexican food. <laughs> yeah. See, I thought that was Mexican food until we started doing Taco Tuesday. I was like, Mexican food? Yeah. And I show up at Taco Tuesday every week. And uh, I show up at Taco Bell every week to Taco Tuesday. And and I get roasted. You know, and um, I, I brought something special for you gents today because I knew – Having sure. having Matt on is a special occasion. I needed a yeah. long time Taco Tuesday tradition, which is it's been a it's been a point of um, debate and conversation since this show started. But Uh-oh. that is the the infamous rolled Ooh, tacos. Rolled tacos. Those are so that, good. And everybody says they're really taquitos, but at the restaurant we buy them at, they're called rolled tacos on the menu. So I just being respectful. <laughs> It is. It it must is. be in Utah or something to get rolled tacos. <laughs> we don't have those around here in Texas. And Glenn's even worse. I mean, he, he he's in Oregon. What do you have, Glenn? This is going to get real interesting uh, now. Unfortunately, now that Matt's put a spotlight on me, I I don't have tacos today. But I will. I do want to comment on the Tex-Mex because I grew up in Arizona. So again, Arizona, right there right next to the border. And I took it for granted my entire life. I, I, until I left Arizona and went to Oregon, where I am now, 
And then I realized what Matt said was exactly 100% accurate. The further you get from the border, the less real Mexican food exists around you. There's some good spots up here, but it's it's not anything. Listen, like- Glenn, you probably have better crepes, right? <laughs> I'll do this in the crepe department. You're next to Canada. I mean, crepes, you, you know, it's kind of like our, we don't have good crepes around here. <laughs> you know, I, I don't, I don't want to offend anybody that's in the audience. And, um, but we, we've had real conversations on this show before about what is the true definition of a taco? Isn't it just something rolled into something else? So isn't a crepe a type of taco, breakfast taco? That's exactly right. Every culture has its own taco, right? They just call it something (laughs) different and they stuff it with different things. There's no difference. It's true. right? I mean, look at the the, the egg roll, right? It's just a taco. What you're eating, Christian. (laughs) Guys, that's just the start of the sort of mind-blowing opinions you're going to get from Matt today. I I never looked at an egg roll like a taco. And now it's a Chinese taco. Chinese taco. What did we call the, the crepes? Because I did show up one day oh, with yeah, crepes. You did. I think you were trying to pass it off as a breakfast taco. Yeah, you were trying to pass it off as a breakfast taco, which is one of my personal favorite tacos. Taco <laughs> with eggs and bacon. Mmm. That's that's divine. We do have uh, some comments here, you guys. By the way, feel free to comment below as we're, we're streaming today. We'd love to kind of interact with you guys. Um, you guys are super white. Yes. Can't speak for Matt, but me and Christian. Uh, something Matt said before the show that I thought was hilarious. Since Christian and I are like slowly morphing into one face, uh, he was talking about how when you get a dog and sometimes you start to look more like your dog. And if you notice, <laughs> I'm going bald and Christian's trying to grow facial hair. And so it's this weird. Yeah, we, 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 they were fighting about who's the dog. <laughs> <laughs> but it depends on what kind of dog, right? Like, is it a lab? Is it a, this, a yeah, is it like. Is it a is it a koala dog? Like what what kind of dog are we talking about? And so if it's a majestic dog, I'll be the dog. I'll take on that role. You you are a majestic dog, Christian. I will give <laughs> it. Um, I want I want to jump into you know the insurance side of the conversation now. Now that we've gotten the taco part of this out of the way, um, we have a special guest today, Matt Mungia. Matt. I've, I've been friends with, done business with for years and years and years. Matt, do you want to take a second and just kind of introduce yourself for those who might not know you? Yeah, I mean, you're the only one in my 16-year insurance career that's said my name perfectly. Uh, so hats off to you. I have people that have known me for 16 years in this business. Still can't say my last name. So hats off. Matt, um, meet my friend, Matt Mungaya. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I mean, I've heard it all. Manja. It's manja. And the easiest it? thing for me to do at this point is no matter how bad they butcher it, say, yep, yeah, you got it. And we yeah. just keep rolling. There's no point because they'll get it wrong the next time anyway. But um, yeah, just brief synopsis. Been in the business for 16 years. Uh, started at, at New York Life. Uh, was there for almost three years and just navigated my way uh, into mortgage protection at that point. Did that for five or six years. Then morphed into final expense, um, did that for five or six years, then added Medicare and been doing that for over two years now. Now, when I said I did Medicare, um, that's uh, I never had the training 
uh, when I when I was coming up. Um, so so I didn't personally do much Medicare. I did some. Right. And I, I think that's what got me so excited about the Medicare side of the business. I was like, wow, you know, there's so much opportunity in the Medicare side. What if we actually had a system in place that could teach people like me how to sell Medicare properly? And so we started that. Of course, I am smart enough to recognize I'm not that smart. And so I hired people much better and smarter than me to help us on the Medicare front. And it's just been fun since, you know. Yeah, I think, you know, again, I know Matt and I have talked before about many different things. And one of the things we've talked a lot about is his final expense and just kind of the sort of premium that he's been able to write on his own pen. Um, but I think the overlap between, you know, for those of you who, who are watching or listening to this, if you sell final expense and maybe you know nothing about Medicare, which I know there's a lot of final expense agents out there who, who fall into this category. I think what you'd be shocked to realize is 99%, as long as they're, you know, over 64 and a half, they are in the Medicare space, right? So it, you're already life and health licensed, most likely, unless you're one of those weirdos out there and you only got your health or you only got your life license, right? So most likely, you, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I started you? with health, got oh, life in no. year two. <laughs> no, Kristen. Well, you know, Christian, my guess is that wherever you started, that's where they told you, you know, go, go get your health license, maybe. Right. I mean, that's that's why we where we find a lot of life only agents is because they started with a company and they said only just get life, just get life. Right. Right. So so I I, I started working because my 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 story is um, my my dad was a Medicare agent since the 90s, the early 90s. And so I started working in his office. Um, when I started and I was one of his, his uh, downline agents. And, you know, I, I took the, and when I started studying for my licensing exam, I was 19 and um, you know, knucklehead, I didn't know what a premium was when I started studying, like it was bad. And so I was having trouble studying, having trouble with the test. I failed it the first couple of times. And he told me, he's like, let's break it down and let's start with the health. Cause that was the main reason for it. Um, like oh, so I was you just not. failed yourself into the health. Well, listen, More now that we're being honest about how many times you failed it, I failed the life and health test three or four times. Yeah. No joke. No yeah. joke. Oh, no. Oh. So I, I only admitted that because you you admitted you failed. So thank you for that. I have no yeah, shame. I didn't, I I no didn't shame. fail. I just want to go on the record here. Um, I am the smartest of the panel today. <laughs> I never failed my life and health exam. Thank you. <laughs> See or better. <laughs> no, but the, the point I was trying to make there, you guys, is if you are a final expense agent and you are life and health licensed, which I think most people are, you're missing out on this opportunity. And I think, you know, I, I kind of had that experience myself as a life agent. I was only selling life. And I can't tell you how many times I'd be talking about insurance and a senior would go get their policy and they'd hand it to me and I'm looking at it. And I'm like, this is your Transamerica Medicare supplement policy. RIP Transamerica's MedSup. I don't even think it exists anymore. Um, but I just remember, you know, getting to that point where I'm like, I'm being handed these health policies and I'm already in the house. I already paid for the lead, already paid for the marketing. Like, why would I not be talking about this with this prospect? So, you know, I'm curious to know, 
from a cross cross selling perspective, how have you guys at 360 kind of incorporated that? Yeah, I mean, that's how it all all started, right? We were final expense mainly only at that point. And um, I, I think the the adoption of Medicare was just like, you know, I, I didn't it was me that was out there selling it. Right. And I was trying to trying to figure it out by myself. I didn't have the training support at that time. Um, and so, you know, that's when we said, hey, you know, we're in front of I'm in front of these people all the time. Right. And so I think about also the year that I had a, a big breakout season on the final expense side where in one year I wrote like over 700 uh, apps that one year. And I think about, and I think about like Christian, imagine if I could snap my finger. Right. And take those 700 apps and turn them into Medicare applications instead I would have woken up with over a couple hundred grand, whether I worked that next year or not. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And so that's a powerful part. I was like, you know, and uh, and so anyway, I mean, that's how we got started was with final expense. We're already in front of these guys. You know, we're already doing this. We're already helping these people. And we're, you know, do you do health insurance? The, yes. Uh, the, the questions would come up like, no, you know, we don't, you know, do Medicare? No, no, we don't. And so eventually we, we said, hey, let's uh, let's put something good together that's going to, you know, help our you know people, um, you know, add that to their arsenal. And so that's how it all kind of came about and, and evolved. And then, you know, at that time, that's when, um, you know, we brought on people much better and smarter than me to assist with that and get and get everybody in motion. Gotcha. There's some questions. I don't know how you want to run it, Glenn. There's uh, questions yeah. in there, I think, for maybe for you. There, there's some great questions I'm seeing on the side here. I, I had, I had two questions I wanted to run by you, Matt, myself, and then, and then let's let, and then I'd say let's jump into some of these questions because I'm seeing yeah. some great ones. I don't want any of them to get lost um, through the episode. There's so much we can talk about. We could be on here for like three hours. So three hours. We'll try to. Let's try to. Not I me, thought Grant said he was going to go watch his Oregon Ducks <laughs> play tonight and get whooped again. Last time uh, he, yeah, no he got beat by 40 points, Glenn. Uh, it's, it's kind of a tradition for me to go to a sporting event and watch my team get blown out. That's <laughs> it's my so, good luck charm. So, so here's my question for you, Matt. So I, 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 uh, the last couple of years we've been recruiting, you know, agents on the Medicare side, you know, for my, my entire career before that I was I was a single producer with, you know, some staff to kind of help me out with things, you know, to t- service my book. And then we started working with more agents. I work with a ton of agents that start off in the final expense side and they transition maybe into the Medicare side, right? And they they add it to either what they're doing or maybe they even push their focus into the Medicare front. As, as somebody that's done it as effectively as you have, right? Um, and made that transition. There, there's a lot of agents that struggle to make that transition going into the Medicare side. W- what do you think is a key component to making that adjustment in your approach of either adding Medicare to what you're doing or maybe even shifting your focus to where it's more of a, fo- of a well, primary focus for you? I think the reason we got off to a really good start was it's a lot easier to be a final expense agent and start selling Medicare than the other way around. It's super hard. We have found less success, I'll say, 
from grabbing a Medicare agent and trying to teach them final expense. Well, why, Matt? Why is that? Well, I think it's because Medicare, you're not really selling anything. You know, most of these are, you know, at no cost. Right. And, and so they're not used to selling premium. They're not used to too many objections. You know, they're giving this stuff. All they're saying is, look, Mrs. Jones, I'm like Santa Claus right now. I can give you free dental of 4,000. I can give you this and I can give you that and I can give you, give you, give you, give you. Now go, you know, uh, talk about life insurance and ask them that you want a hundred dollar premium a month. And it's like, whoa, that's hard. You know, I can't do that. Whereas final expense you're having to overcome objections, right? You're having to ask for premium. You're, you're, you're getting through. That's a tough sell. Not many people want to talk life insurance. They don't want to bring out that policy like they'll bring out that red, white, and blue card much easier, right? So, so, so when you can get a final expense agent that has had a, you know, they've had to actually know how to sell. Now, when they offer something free, it's, it's so easy for them typically, right? And so I think that's what the, the transition was, why it was so much easier, because we had final expense agents that were really good at what they do. Hey, now you, you give them this, you know, this no cost uh, benefits, uh, I mean, a laundry list of benefits. Well, now that's so easy for them to sell. And then so so I think that was why we got off to a quick start to answer your question of, of the transition, why it was pretty seamless. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think that um, someone who's, you know, kind of become a friend the last couple of years for me is like a, a Nick Frumpkin, right? And he's done, done very well at um, essentially using final expense clients, like to build a, you know, clientele of final expense clients and then cross sell them Medicare, essentially his approach. And I think he's kind of developed like a little bit of a niche to where like he takes on agents and that's their focus. Um, I've always thought that was a really smart way to do it, to kind of piggyback on what you said, you know, because I think it's 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 like you said, it's not selling. It's more order taking. Right. When you're selling a zero dollar premium plan, you don't need a checking account. You don't need an account number or a routing number, or a credit card, anything like that. You just you know, you just need their their consent. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's a big yep. difference, different yep. mentality. Yep. And, and I know Nick. Nick's a sharp guy. Um, in fact, I'll be seeing him in Portugal. So, Nick, if you're listening, we'll see you soon, buddy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for most of these guys, like that's the big reason why, because final expense is a tough sell. It is a tough sell. And so you add the Medicare component and it's just that much easier. It does seem like failed life sales agents do really well on the health side. I know a couple people personally that really struggle to sell life insurance consistently, but then when they got involved on the health side, like Medicare, um, it was much, much easier for them. So I, I think, I think it is, you know, just kind of piggyback on what Matt just said there. I think it's just a much easier sale it's also it's also it's there's a there's a barrier right when when you're trying to talk to a prospect about something that you're you're trying to get them to pay for versus something they already have even if even if you were going to end up selling them something like you know a dental vision hearing plan or a hospital indemnity plan or maybe you're trying to pitch you know cancer insurance or or short-term care long-term care so maybe you're not even end you know you're not even going after that that health but it's just an easier conversation to have. 
versus on the life side, right? It's like, hey, you know, you're going to die. <laughs> you know, hey, you don't know me. I'm here to talk about you dying. We're going to talk about the cost of your death. We're going to talk about, you know, how your family is going to handle this. Oh, and by the way, this is coming out of your checkbook every single month. So, yeah, it's just a significantly harder sale for sure. And that was kind of my my same experience, too, as an agent when I started talking about Medicare with clients. Just so much easier to have that conversation. And in the marketing, it's the same way, too, you guys, on the marketing side of it. It's a much easier conversation to market when you're talking about, hey, you know, you already have Medicare. We want to make sure you're not overpaying. We want to make sure that you're not being overcharged versus, hey, you know, we want to sell you something. So... I, I totally agree. Let's uh, let's jump into a question here. So one of the first questions, um, Christian, yeah. uh, Glenn, you're breaking up big time for me. So is it my camera? That, I mean, is it me? Or were you able to hear all that, Christian? I I it came through clearly for me. Okay, Glenn, is I hear it coming through clearly. Matt, 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 that hex max. <laughs> Just I got Christian, <laughs> so, so I guess me and Matt should just have a conversation and Glenn. I'll just leave. I, I felt like know, the man. third wheel just today. Know, we're good. <laughs> it's fine. You guys. I got you oh, now, Glenn. I got you now. <laughs> Someone said Glenn looks Glenn beautiful. beautiful. I wish I could see who's Whoa. saying these. Hello. Thank you. That's my man. I don't know who that is, but you're beautiful as well. I don't that, that that is my boyfriend, okay? So no you can looky, but no touchy. You have a lot of boyfriends, so I <laughs> that doesn't really narrow the, the gap for me. <laughs> uh the first question here that I want to jump into is what carriers are your go-to for final expense, Matt? For final expense, um you know, we like uh Foresters, Trinity. Royal Neighbors, I would say that's our our top three. Mutual of Omaha is another another good one that we like. I would say that's that's our top four uh, carriers about, that we run with. How about selling over the phone versus face to face to face? What's do you have a different carrier? You uh, like? Yeah, the 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 phone the phone guys and girls, uh, Liberty Bankers, Prosperity. I know a couple of their their uh, go to uh, carriers for that. And so those other carriers, that'd be more of a face-to-face sale. Are you guys, what, what do you think? Did America just kind of fall off the map with final expense? Or, yeah, or, uh, Christian, if you don't mind a- asking yeah. that question, I have no idea what he said. <laughs> so um, he was asking about America. He said, did America fall off the, the face of the earth? Um, I mean, for us, it did. For us, it did. I mean, we have them, but they're just, they're in the trunk, you know? Yeah, I think, you know, like for us, we don't do nearly as much final expense as we do Medicare. Like we're probably like 95% Medicare, but we do we do trip into some final expense business from time to time. And, um, you know, we, we, we and at least for me, like the ones that I've liked writing the most, the ones I've enjoyed has been probably Forrester's, Mutual of Omaha. You know, I, I enjoyed the Ascendo um, when it first came out, the Ascendo product last year. Um, yeah, they can never get the billing right on that. Ascendo was the... One of the yeah. big issues. Yeah, we ran into that too. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, yeah, so there's, I mean, there's, it, it's one thing to write it; it's another thing when it, you know, you got to get it issued and paid. And I think, I think that's a big thing on the final expense side. <clears throat> you want to be writing those carriers that are, you know, that that, that have their stuff in order. You know, like uh, 
they're efficient, they're quick, they can get billing right. You know, I was talking to this, um, I was on a Zoom earlier this morning, our Medicare Zoom, I was talking about, you know, efficiency and and be the Chick-fil-A. If you're going to be a fast food joint, be Chick-fil-A. They're efficient. They get Absolutely. things right all the time. And you, there could be a, a two two mile long line and and they you, you're done quicker than Burger King. But only and you're you only have two cars in front of you at Burger King. And yeah. you're, you're, you're 10 cars deep over here and you're through the line quicker. And anyway, um, so so you want to have that, that the carriers that are going to issue your stuff and be timely and, you know, answer your phone call. Accommodation. Yeah. I mean, like. And, Ch- and Chick-fil-A says, my pleasure, not no problem. I don't know if you guys ever noticed that, but they're very nice about that. I notice things like that. I'm, I'm an oddball, I guess. Like, Oh, my gosh. You and Chick-fil-A like, started in uh, your backyard, right? In a Utah company? I don't even know where they started, but I know they've been here a long time. They probably did, for I all I know. So. Maybe I'm wrong. But um, You eating my chicken is my pleasure. Thank you so much. <laughs> Um, Matt, I don't know if you can hear me. So Christian, you might have to re- relay this, but, uh, I'm curious about social security billing. Is there a carrier that Matt would recommend for social security billing? And maybe Matt could talk a little bit about how that works. Did you catch that, Matt? Yeah, I did catch Good. that. Good. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're making progress. Here. Uh, social security billing, uh, Again, that's a, one of the big reasons we like Trinity early on. You know, Trinity is not in all states. And, and, um, and so I know some people don't even know who Trinity is, but they're in a lot of states. But I would say Trinity does it just as good as anybody out there or better. Um, oh, Chick-fil-A was started in Georgia. OK, I was I was many states off. OK, Joanna's hood. <laughs> Oh yeah, I have no idea. Um, but yeah, Trinity, <laughs> Trinity is is good. Um, I mean, I, you know, there there's several good companies now. But it's um, it's coming do. it's coming directly out of their social security check, right? That part I don't know the exact you know uh, answer to, um, but I know it coincides with it. That I do know. Uh, so when social security deposits. You know, they take it out at the right time. Um, and so you don't have to worry about, you know, the whole, okay, what if the third falls on a Saturday or Sunday? Right. And now Monday rolls around. There's no money in that account. Right. Boom, you know, that thing's a for sure lapse. Yep. Yep. So, you know, there are certain companies that, that are good. Trinity was always our favorite for that. They were the one of the first ones uh, to adopt true social security billing. What about uh, yeah. what? One quick question I'll have, and then I'll let my puppy dog take over. <laughs> um, what about direct billing? Are you are you still writing, or I don't even remember. Maybe you never were writing direct billing credit card business. No, well, credit card business. I would. Um, here is my always my thought process on that. You know, I try to always write as many policies as possible. You know. Um, I know some people, you know, Glenn, JD, Easy, and all them, they wouldn't want to write guaranteed issue even. To right. me, I was all about getting as many clients on the books as possible. Right. And so what if it falls off? Doesn't matter to me. If I get a chargeback, doesn't matter. I have enough business to clear it anyway. So I'm not right. worried. I was never worried about that kind of stuff. Right. So I was 
hey, let's put this on the books. And, and guess what? If they pay it for four months, well, then I'm still going to get four months worth of money that I actually earned. Right. And and, and the way the, the direct billing was, uh, at least back in the day, was that you only got paid as earned anyway. Right. So why not? Why not write it all? I never understood not writing guaranteed issue business. Like I, I still get checks from my guaranteed issue business. Well, I haven't been in the field in years. Did I, and I'm, maybe I'm misremembering this, but I thought I remember you previously saying like, if you weren't like, if you were uncertain about someone going to pay for their policy or not, you would just write a smaller policy. Is that right? Yeah. I wrote a lot of, I mean, Tons of $30, $30, you know, uh, especially early on in my final expense days, $30, $40, $30, Some people are like, I would never write $30, $40. My minimum, I start at $60. Okay, that's you. I mean, I'm not saying it's bad. It's just not what I would do. It's not what I did. I was already spent the money to get in front of you. I spent the lead. I, I drove over there. Right. And, and I'm going to try to get something. And it's going to help you out anyway. You're going to die, right? They're, everybody's going to die. So they need it, <laughs> right? I mean, am I wrong? You're going to die. No, no, no. And you know what? With COVID hit, I, I paid more, more uh, death claims in my entire career. And I guarantee all those people uh, were glad they had something or their families were glad they had something, you know? Yep. Yeah, 100%. Um, Somebody had a really someone had an interesting question on the comments here, Matt. They mm-hmm. asked, they asked if are you guys doing um, ACA business? Or- we are, we are, we are. Um, our main Medicare trainer uh, always wins that top award. I forget what it's called. Uh, he's always posting it, um, whatever it is. Anyway, so so we were lucky enough that he was already with us, and and we're like, hey, you know what? We're we're doing the over sixty five stuff. Why don't we start doing the under 65 stuff? And then guess what? That under 65 stuff will will roll right into our over 65 business. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we already had everything in place. So now, yes, to answer your question, we're we're doing uh, the the ACA stuff and that'll feed into our all roads. I got this from a buddy of mine. All roads lead to Medicare, right? Yep. So at some point, it's interesting because like, we, I didn't do any under 65 stuff for, you know, probably my first six years in the industry. And, you know, I just, I had this conception that I think a lot of agents have, and I'm not, not trying to turn it into an ACA or under 65 conversation, but I think it's just interesting to think about the final year I didn't do under 65. There was an agency that had their Medicare contracts with us, downtown Salt Lake City, and we would send them our ACA because that was mainly their specialty. Medicare was more of a side focus. And that year, I think I sent them a hundred referrals that year and that they wrote. <laughs> and um, just from people that were referred to me, you know, from clients, spouses, everything. And, um, oh, and I was like, Shame. you know, and, and, and I tied and I, and I tallied it and I, and I looked at it after AEP that one year at the end of the year. And I was like, this is a problem We're we're going to, we're going to figure this out. And like, I mean, how many people are, turning 65 spouse is 63 or 62, you know, or something along those lines. And so, yeah, I think, I think it's a great point. You look back at all those uh, missed opportunities. I mean, all those turning 65s you would have gotten, right. You can compliantly reach out to them. They're your clients, existing book of business. Boom, 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 boom. I saw a private 
message. I guess somebody's listening in, but they're not. They were like, what are some more true social security billing companies? So uh, Aetna, like you had talked about the Ascendo product, uh, Trinity, Royal Neighbors. Royal Neighbors does it only on their e-app. Um, Prosperity, Transamerica, American Amicable, GTL, Liberty Bankers, America. So a lot of the companies do it now. Um, I don't know how well they do it, but but many people do it now. So anyway, sorry about that. Get off tangent, guys. No, that's awesome. That is great. I, I can have a random question for you, Matt. Have, have you seen because of COVID and obviously increased death rate um, among seniors? And I remember at the start of this, actually texting you privately and being like, dude, what do you think is going to happen here? <laughs> um, but I'm curious to know, like, are carriers having to offset their costs by raising premiums? Are you seeing that with any carriers? Um, I don't know. And I don't know if anybody will, if any of them will come out and say, this is why we're raising premiums. You know how right. the carriers do it. They just raise right. the premiums. Right. Now they're, they're in board meetings, you know, behind the scenes, right. probably number crunching, right. With their actuaries and being like, listen, we just paid this amount. We need to raise premiums or change the application or something's got to give. Right. Because uh, the insurance companies are in the business of making money. So, um, yeah, that I, I don't know uh, per se, but I would assume I mean, I, I, I mean, like I said, I've been at this for 16 years. I had more in the past year and a half, I'd say, or whatever, two years, more death claims than ever before. I mean, uh, it, it's crazy. I get I literally I have thousands of clients on the books. I literally get I would say on average two to three a week death claims. Wow. Even now. Crazy. Yeah. It is nuts. It it is. It's, it's crazy. What's your, what's your take on annuities? Somebody in the comments um, asked about if, if you guys were doing annuities or, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to talk about us. I think I've talked enough about me over the, course of this show do you do annuities no i i I, i'm indifferent i don't feel one way i'm not against annuities we just (laughs) we just don't do them it's not because we don't yeah we're i mean we're the same way i mean we we feel like i mean can we do them yes have we done them yes have i done them uh you when i was in the field yes um it's not something we've ever concentrated on um i feel like I feel like we're good at doing one thing at a time. And then once we get this going real good, then we can concentrate on something else. And annuities just hasn't been ever a focus. But I, I see, you know, companies putting their their um, leaderboards together and they, they add life and annuities together. So you see these crazy big numbers and a lot of it's annuity production, you know. So I, I know it's pretty good. We just don't really focus on that per se. Yeah, same, same with us. I mean, you know, I talked to someone about it who's a big time annuity producer in the summer. And, um, you know, I told him, I was like, it's not that we have a problem with it or we don't want to sell them or anything like that. It's more so that just, you know, the the Medicare stuff that because that's our main focus. The Medicare stuff is, uh, you know, it keeps me busy up to my eyeballs as is. And I just I can't imagine trying to incorporate that as well. <laughs> Maybe down the road, you know, when we've grown a little bit, we have even you know more infrastructure than we have now. It's just just 24 hours in a day, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan and I know some Medicare agents and and again, like Christian mentioned, we talked about this before on the show. Uh, We have a few episodes dedicated to financial products previously, but I'm a huge believer in once you, and, and also to kind of take this back to what Matt said, like 
get that policy on the books because once they're your client, even if that policy were to lapse, now you have an excuse to, to talk to someone. Hey, Mrs. Jones, you know, you got that policy from me last year. You know, we still do that, but we also do this, this, and this. And I'd really like to, to come talk to you about this. I'm going to be down the street from you tomorrow anyways. Um, and I think on the annuity side or the financial products, investment side, you know, being able to come back to your book of business down the road and be like, hey, you know, you've had your policy with me for four or five years now. Are you happy? Oh, you are great. Well, since you trusted me with your health insurance or your life insurance, you should definitely talk to me about managing your money with with this annuity, you know, or or with this other investment scheme. And it seems like nine times out of 10, people are happy to do business with you when, when you can kind of back into it like that. It would be nice to have, you know, also about building your book because you don't know if you would have told us that we'd be doing Medicare. If you would have told us three years ago, Matt, y'all be doing Medicare. I'd be like, you're crazy. No, no, we're not. Like we're, we're like laser focused right now on final expense and trying to nail that down. Right. Right. So, but you have now you have a large book of business. Now you do start doing annuities or now you do start doing Medicare. Now you do start doing this or that. You know, you're not, there's going to be things that we're not think you don't think you're going to be doing, but you'll be better prepared if you have a large book of business to be able to tap into, you know, and, and for med, med sub people, annuities is, I would imagine, a great, great addition. Yeah, I could, I could totally see that. Um, so question, Matt, where do you feel like the future is going for, for people that are, that build, that are going to be, you know, independent agency builders, right? And I mean, not even necessarily in individual agents, but people that are trying to build agencies. I, I saw, um, I've, I've heard, um, you know, several people actually in the industry lately say that kind of we're, we're seeing more of hybrid models become, sorry, that will probably become more of the norm. Hybrid models, meaning like they have aspects of a call center, but they're not a call center, right? They have aspects of a brick and mortar shop, but they're not a brick and mortar shop. Where, where do you see the future going for independent agencies? Like what, what do you think, what do you see for the next? Well, I think COVID kind of changed the game on a lot of people, including the companies and the carriers, you know, where they had to lax on a lot of the, you know, the, the rules about, you know, calling and stuff like that. So um, I mean, there's a lot of opportunity to, you know, for, for an agent to start building their own shop, you know, and and, you know, whether they they build their shop with LOA agents and, and do a brick and mortar. I mean, uh, whether they go, I mean, uh, as an agency model with a GA and MGA levels. I mean, I think it's really dependent on that particular agent and what they're willing to take on, you know, because, um I think people sometimes forget they 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 think it's going to be easy uh, a lot of times and hey I want I they have this grand idea I want to do this because this is what's going to make me more money and this is the easy route and I'm going to be filthy rich and well, yeah no I mean it doesn't quite work <laughs> like that you, you know you I mean you're not rich like me what, what? <laughs> And you, you'd be surprised of how many people think like that, though. It's mind blowing. Yeah. Um, a lot of people yeah. think they get their license, right? And that's it. They're done, right? Like, that's they, like they, have this, they have this viewpoint that they, as soon as they get their license, they print it off, right? It's approved. They get the email. It prints off. 
and then the heavens open up and piles of money fall onto them. <laughs> yeah, my, my wife just got her license, and, and I said, well, now what? What happens now? Are you going to be rich Mazel. now? Yeah, Mazel tov. And she goes, well, where do I start? What do I do now? I said, I don't know. You're the license agent. You tell me what you're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I slept, I slept outside, outside for a few days after that one. I'm not contracting you. Go find an upline. <laughs> yeah, find somebody knows how to train you. I, 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 I don't have time for that. <laughs> you know how much work it is to train a new agent, honey? Jeez. Well, well, out of here. For, for me, she 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 knows just being around me. It, it, it's a lot of work. But no, I mean, I think there's tons of potential. It's just depending on what that particular agent wants. I mean, I, I tell everybody you know, tell me what your vision is. You tell me if in your perfect world, right now, we understand you don't know anything about anything right now, but you tell me what, what you envision things to look like. And then from there, you know, I say, okay, well, you know, I, I don't know if having a single agent is, is for you, you know, because, you know, you want to start building a team, uh, you better be there for them. Uh, you know, forget about dinners with the family. A lot of times uh, working 24 seven weekends, you're you're on call like a doctor. I, I mean, at least that's the way I operate. And yeah. I think if you're truly going to do this, that's the way you got to think. You can't just, you know, punch a clock. I, I'm going to start working at nine and you know, I'm not taking any more calls at, at five. Uh, it, I don't know. Uh, it doesn't work like that for me, at least. Um so I don't know. It's it's a big undertaking, but the opportunity it, it can be very good if you put in the work and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know if that answers your question, but that that's my some of my thoughts on it. Yeah, no, I I think that's really good, and um, I I agree with you, um, and I agree with you about how you handle your wife as well. No, just kidding. Ninety two percent nation is licking their lips right now to recruit both of your wives. They're both they licensed. Both, they're both, both licensed. licensed. Everyone wants to recruit. Um, no, Nobody could handle my wife's attitude for more than a day or two. So be my guest. You know, it's funny to hear you say that, Matt, about how you manage your team and how you make yourself available for agents, because I can't tell you how many times I talk to an agent and they don't know who their upline is or they talk to their upline once. I had this this one agent just like a week or two ago I was talking to and I realized right away that she was brand new and I'm like I'm like okay I'm like why I'm like why did you buy leads from us and why didn't you talk to your upline about where they buy leads? And she's like, "Well, I don't talk to my upline." I'm like, "Well, why?" I'm like, "Well, I'm not your upline." <laughs> I'm not going to train you. I don't get paid to train you. You know, like I have resources I can provide you, but um, it blows my mind to see how many, how many uplines out there are like that. They just don't, they're not even available. But um, the, this kind of transitions into something I, I wanted Wait, to Before sure. you transition, because that's super yeah. important what you said. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, that's the reason I had such a, a tough time myself getting in the Medicare space many years ago. I wanted to, but I didn't even know who my upline was. They sure as hell weren't helping me. You know, um, they didn't have any trainings. They didn't have any calls or Zooms. They weren't there to pick up my phone. I mean, it, it was in the Medicare space. You see that a lot more than in final expense. Final expense, there's a lot of good uplines. In the Medicare, now there's, because of the competition now, I think that 
people are having to do that kind of stuff more. Whereas in the past, they could get away with, hey, here's your contract. Good luck. Go get them, Tiger. You know, mm-hmm. and I think where people are moving away from that. And then back onto your other question, Christian, about, you know, you know, what do things look like the landscape as far as building a team in this? Agents don't know what they don't know, right? And, and I think, especially in the Medicare space, it's a lot easier to do really good in the Medicare space. I mean, what do you need these days? You only need like 350 clients now, 350 clients with the new commissions to have a six-figure renewal income. That's crazy good, in my opinion. 350 clients, you can get that in one year or less, but whatever. I mean, the the point is, is that, you know, in in final expense a lot of times, and if you want to make more and more and more, you needed to build a a downline, right, Uh, in a lot of cases. In Medicare, you don't need that. You you can be you can go out there as an individual agent and get to five hundred clients. What whatever your your number is, you know, a thousand clients on your books is what two hundred eighty seven thousand in residual income. You know, mm-hmm. you, like nine hundred clients or so is like a quarter of a million or whatever it is, or close to a quarter of a million. You know, and then you don't have to be on call all the time. You know. You're a one man show. You can go on vacation and never have to pick up your phone or answer the texts or all the other things that come up with with uh, building. I, I that sparks a question for you, Matt. Um, I get people all the time and I'm, as do you, I'm sure, you know, that come into the industry that and they'll 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 start with maybe Medicare. You know, that's that's the route they choose to take. They start with Medicare and they will sell for two months, maybe three months, and they'll do well, right? They'll, they'll just kind of do pretty well right off the bat, right? They'll, they'll, they'll pick it up really quickly. They'll, they'll have um, a pretty good capacity to be able to learn on as they go, and they, they do well. Three months in, you get a call. And they're like, they're like hey, Matt, um, I want to start building a team. What do you usually say? The kiss of death. I said, no, you don't. I'd hang up the phone on them. No, you don't. You don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. You're doing so good. What are you thinking? No, 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 no. But, you know, try to talk them out of it. Nine times out of 10, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. They they, they have their mind. their, their, Their mind is already made up, but they don't, they just don't know what it, what it takes. And, um, so what do you do? I mean, what do you do? I, I, I don't know. I mean, you can talk, you try to talk them out of it, but now they have that resentment towards you and you try to talk me out of this. And da, da, da. I mean, it's, it's, it opens a weird Pandora's box to where like, cause at the, at the end of the day, they're independent, right? They're, they're run their own business. They, 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 they can, they have the ability to do whatever they want. You can give them the, your, their, your opinion, but then you fall into this weird game to where like, if you maybe say, I don't think this is a good idea or you're negative, negative about it or whatever the case might be, you know, um, John Smith recruiter down the streets, like, yeah, you want a GA contract? You want to start recruiting? Let's go, let's go, let's go. You know? And, um, it's, I, I'm of the exact same opinion as you are. Like, I don't think it's good for them. I think that like I, I sold as an individual producer for six years before I ever contracted an, an, a single agent. Um, not saying that people have to do it necessarily that long. but Well, well also, Christian, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a different skill set, too, to be a manager. 100%. I know unbelievable and worked with throughout my years, unbelievable 
agents. I mean, could write and sell you anything from under the sun. Horrible managers, horrible with, you know, um, helping people and horrible about picking up the phone. It's a different skill set altogether. So, I mean, and there's that too. So just because you're a good agent is not going to make you, I mean, you see them professional sports all the time. There's great players. Now they try their hand at coaching. They're horrible coaches, you know? Nope. Michael Jordan, right? Michael yeah. Jordan was a, was, wasn't the greatest coach. What about uh, Steve Nash? How's, Steve, how's yeah, Steve Nash has not been J- – Jason Kidd. He's on his, like, fifth team now, right, or something. I don't know how many teams he's coached <laughs> for. But, like, he hasn't necessarily – like, point, though. The, 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 he's, he's coaching the Mavs right now, but I don't think they're playing all that well. Aren't they, like, 500? Well, listen, they're, they're beating up on my Spurs, but who isn't, you know? Yeah. yeah no well, they don't have any players. Yeah. So, hey, Emma, this this is to get back to where I was trying to transition before. So, you know, Matt, you've personally recruited and hired a ton of insurance agents. I mean, hundreds, maybe even thousands over your years of doing this, right? And and what I'm curious to hear from you is what when you when you take a brand new agent and you have two brand new agents, they're working similar areas, they're working similar leads. Why is it that one brand new agent can come in, crush it, lifelong career in insurance, they make really great money, maybe they're not even having to work a lot versus, you know, agent two or, or B, right. they come in, they can't figure it out, they're failing, they're falling on their face, they're out of the industry in 12 months. Why is there such a difference in that? Because I see it all the time on my end. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it's the more the more you have working for you. So I always liken it to, you know, why is Ray Lewis Ray Lewis? Right. Well, because he doesn't really have a weakness. Right. Good work ethic. Fast. He was strong. He knew the field well. He had everything it takes to play at the highest level. Right. But Ray Lewis, if, if you just take one thing away, let's take away his speed. Right. Take away just his speed. Everything else is the same. But let's take away his speed. Instead of instead of a four, six, 40 uh, yard dash, let's say he runs a five flat. Well, that one thing, all we did was take away his speed. And all of a sudden he's not at five, uh, running at five uh, a flat. He might not even make the pros. And all we did was change one thing. The agents are no different. Right. We're no different. If, if, if I could have all the greatest attributes in the world. You know, I could be tall, dark and handsome. If I don't want to work, it's not going to matter. Right. All I did is change one thing, my work ethic. You know, but if I have everything, if I have the, the, the drive and the work ethic and the skills and I can relate to people well. And when I walk into a home, I make them feel like like they've known me for a long time or I've known them for a long time. You know, all those little intangibles things. I have no weaknesses. That's what's going to make me good. And, and yes, I've seen it over the years, time and time again, you give 10 leads here, 10 leads there. This guy says these leads are unbelievable. Wow, these are the best things. I just sold 3,000 with these leads. They only give me 10. Can I get more, more, more? I want more, I want more. Same 10 leads to this guy. Does nothing with them. These leads suck. I want my money back. Give me a release. I mean, the, the, the list goes on. I was just talking to somebody before we came on to earlier today about that exact thing. You know, they're, you know, about, how, you know, no matter what kind of leads 
are out there. It could be lead hero leads, you know, telemarketing leads. It could be direct mail leads. It could be Facebook leads. You'll have certain people that will crush it with them and, you know, produce a high level of activity and production out of those leads. And then you'll have the same amount of agents, if not more, that will say they suck, no matter what they are, right? Like you're going to have both camps. And I think it comes down to people's ability to sell, right? And be a salesperson and to, 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 to show people that they have that personality, right? The ability to essentially have a conversation with somebody is a real thing. And just because you got a lead doesn't necessarily mean you can vo- avoid that part of the um, transaction right. that requires you to cut through some of the crap and cut through some of the weeds of having that conversation with people. Right. And, and rejection. Rejection is another one. Some people can't handle rejection re- really well. You know, some people just like, hey, on to the next. Let, let, let's move on. You know. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of a lot of different reasons why this Agent A does better than Agent B. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, you know, work at work ethic is, is a huge part of it. Right. I've always felt like the person who works the hardest, who's willing to put in the most hours, typically that person will win the war of attrition against more talented agents who aren't working as hard or they aren't working as many hours. So I that was and and originally that was always kind of my my thoughts on this whole scenario is why is agent A succeeding and agent B is failing? Agent A must have just a significantly better work ethic. They can work independently. They're running appointments on Saturdays. They're working at night after their kids are in bed, yada, yada, yada. You know, the list goes on. And it's, it's a lot of intangible things, like you said. It's a lot of little things that they're doing right. But I wonder, is is mindset even bigger than work ethic? Because when it comes to rejection, and when you look at it on like a lead conversion side of it, if you have 100 leads and you might only sell 15, that's 85 no's. That's almost all knows. That's almost everyone telling you to fuck off. <laughs> and the reality, it's really hard. Guys, I can't tell you how many days when I had like a 10 appointment day and I'm, I'm feeling great in the morning and hitting the streets. I'm thinking I have 10 appointments. Something's going to drop. Something's going to drop. I'm coming home with three policies at least. I get to the eighth, ninth appointment, 10th appointment. I come home with nothing. You know how debilitating that is when you start thinking about all the money you spent, all the time you spent, and you come home with nothing. Like that's what I feel like really separates the winners from the losers is is the mindset on being able to watch that. I mean, going back to kind of the sports analogy that we've been using, you know, when you look at some of these professional athletes, like an NFL quarterback, they throw an interception and you think, man, they may have just blown the game right there. And then they're able to just literally get right back into the game. You know, they're not even thinking about that last drive. They're just playing the game and it's all. And I think that's just like this elite mindset. Um, I think the word I like to think of with that is grit. Yeah. Determination. Yeah. I think it's like, it's, it's, it's a great basketball player, right? Like how many times did, you watch a Kobe Bryant game when he was playing to where he oh, would yeah. be having a horrible night, right? He like would be like five for 20 or something like that. And then 
the last two or three minutes of the game, he'll hit four or five shots in a row. He'll hit the go, the, you know, he'll hit the, the final shot to put him ahead. Like it's because he, he he's already forgotten that he's missed 15 shots before that sequence. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Agents are the same way, you know, like agents need to be, and we, we've talked about it, Glenn, on this podcast so many times on this, on the show, but like agents need to be able to get punched in the face and not, you know, not let it, have them turn around and well, they need to be away. able to recover right and not let it affect that next appointment you know because right. yeah. it can it can bleed over into the next appointment yeah mm. those desperate those appointments when you're like hey no 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 hang on hang on let's let me let's talk let's just talk <laughs> yeah. hang on wait wait, hang wait, on. wait. <laughs> don't say no <laughs> you know, and, and it can really mess with your mind. I, I know I went on a streak there, like in my prime in final experience, I went on a streak where and I proudly held that record for a long time where I went on 12 like sit down appointments. Right. Where I actually sat down and did a whole presentation and 12 no's. I got 12 in a row no's. And I started second guessing everything after about the sixth <laughs> or seventh. I'm like. Am I wearing something wrong? Yeah. Am I saying this in the wrong order now? I mean, right. and this is the same year, I think, that I, uh, either right before I, I wrote a crazy amount or right after. But I knew what I was doing, you know, right. uh, as far as like, 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 like I was writing good amount of business. But right. for whatever crazy reason, I went on a spell of 12 sit downs, got I mean, got murdered, got beat up um, to where you, you start second guessing everything you've ever done. So, yeah, I, I think that's what it is, is, is the professionals, you know, and, in, in anything, um, they get past, it, they forget it and they're on to the next and, um, they get over things and their, their mindset. I mean, that's why they're the pros, you know, they, we had, they don't uh, have weaknesses really. We, we had, we had Matt Temin on the show a little while back and, um, he was talking about how, when he made his transition from final expense to Medicare, I, I don't remember the exact number, Glenn, you might remember, but I think he said, I want to say he said that his first 25 appointments, he got, he struck out through Medicare yeah, like in a it row. Was, it was a very large number. Yeah. Like in a row consecutively, right. 25 appointments for Medicare. And right. like now he's a badass with Medicare. Right. Right. Like he's on leaderboards, all that stuff. So like it's that, that's it right there. You know, how many agents, they go on 25 appointments, they get, they get shut down every single time. They're like, well, this sucks. I'm not doing this. You know, like we all hear that, you know, it's like, well, this is no good for me. I'm going to go back and sell Mary Kay. That lady <laughs> yelled at me. Huh. No, I'm done. Mental toughness. Mental health. There's something there. There's something tangible about it that you either have or you don't have, you know, and that's, I really think that was my, like, yeah, I can talk as, as many people who've watched or listened to the show. I can talk a lot and that's beneficial, but I think my, the reason I hung around as long as I did is just cause I could, I could take the punch. I really could. And, and I was getting, I was willing to get back after, like I said, I mean, you, you, you blank on your whole day. You spent a bunch of time and money to do it. You came on with nothing and you got to literally wake up and do it again and not let it get to you. I mean, it's, it's incredibly tough to do. You know what, what, Matt, question for you while we're on this topic, you know, what's a, have you ever had like a, maybe you've had an agent who's able to kind of flip things around. You've been able to help them become mentally tougher. 
Is there anything you would recommend if there's an agent listening or watching this and they're struggling? I I think mental toughness just comes with, you know, repetition. You know, uh, as long as you're getting the, the, the proper training and everything else, I mean, getting tougher and, um, and, and, you know, it comes with more confidence, too. And then guess what? When you have a nice renewal stream coming in, hey, it's OK to get beat up a few times. I still got money coming in. Right. You can right. That, that particular agent. It doesn't matter as much, you know, but I understand when you're broke or just starting out or something, all of that matters. Every appointment matters. Every paycheck matters. And so, um, you know, everybody goes through that uh, through that initial period where it's going to be it's going to I mean, unless you have a spouse, you know, that's bringing in a nice, healthy paycheck. It's going to be there's going to be rough times and it might last for a lot longer than you think. You know, are you willing to stick it out? You know, uh, there's a lot of people very talented that could have made it in the business, but they quit too soon. They didn't have the mental toughness needed. And, and there, there's people that scraped together everything they had and went to pawn their their gun and pawn a, their basketball pole just to get enough money to get going. And, and and the same things happened to them, but they're still in the business now because they they decided that they were gonna, they were going to make this happen. You know, yep. good stuff. Good stuff, gentlemen. Yeah. Um, we're hitting that hour mark and. Um, you know, Matt, we want to be respectful of your time. You, you, so usually what we do at the end of the show every week is Christian, we kind of go through and give our final thoughts. Christian, you said three hours. What do you mean yeah. we're at that, Mike? Well, we're third of the three way hours. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go until um, nine Eastern Standard Time, everybody. So I hope you're enjoying this because we're not even close. <laughs> Someone said support system is key. I think that's really true also. Support yeah, system at home. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. And, I, you know, and a support system in your in your work life is, is super important, but also in your personal life. I mean, I've seen people where where the agent will come to us and their spouse is like anti everything. Why? Are you, my wife doesn't want me to buy leads. My wife doesn't or my husband. Doesn't, my, my husband doesn't want me to be in this business. So I got to make this work. You know, if, I, if I'm not showing income in one month, da, 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 da. So yes, whoever said that, I, I'm not, it just says Facebook user. I don't see any names on the comments. Right. It just said, I just see the comments, but that that's a hundred percent right. A, a support system is key again in business and in your personal life if possible. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. Well, I'm, I know, I know we could keep this going for three hours, but <laughs> I don't want to torture you guys that much um, to, on, on, on this wonderful Tuesday, but but anyway, um, I wanted to kind of go through and um, have us share some final thoughts. So, Matt, I'll start with you. Like, final thoughts on this episode? Anything you want might want to leave the the audience with? Of, of course, a lot of people will see the replay on this, whether it be on YouTube, on the podcast. So, it'll reach a lot yeah. of people. Um, so, I, you know what? I, what here's what I'll say. I'll say what 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 I've what has happened to me personally, right? Because I, I can speak easier on things that have, I've personally gone through, and. Um, you, in my 16 years, I've I've quit this business so many times. And when I say I quit this business, it doesn't mean I quit it for good. Obviously, I'm here, right? But I quit mentally. I'd take three days. I'm done. I'm done with this business, four days off, and just don't think about this business. But I always came back. Thank goodness, you know, and now I'm in a much better spot. Um, 
there is going to be cha uh, challenges. I don't care how good you think you are. I don't care how much you think you know. I don't care about any of that kind of stuff. You will have challenges in this business. This business will challenge you, push you, and, and kick you. And uh, But just keep after it. And if you do need to quit, quit for a few days. It's okay. Quit for a few days. Get away from everything. Definitely get off social media. Uh, you know, don't be involved with all that stuff. Put the blinders on, you know, those championship thoroughbred horses. Sometimes they need blinders too. And focus on nothing. Focus on your family for a few days. Then get back after it. Re refresh mind. But don't ever quit, especially in the Medicare game. The only way to lose in the Medicare game is to quit. 100%. I love that. Um, Glenn, final thoughts. A lot of good stuff, Matt. I appreciate you coming on, man, and that we could we can talk. I feel like there is a oh, lot. Thank more you all for having having yeah. me on. Before. No, absolutely. I think there's a lot more we could have talked about, but um, the one thing I I want to say for final thoughts today, guys, that Matt said that Chris and I have said many times on this show is it only takes 350 Medicare clients to get to six figures in renewal income. Now, there is a catch to that. You might have to service your book. You might lose a few people here and there. But the reality is, is you can work probably five to 10 hours a week and, and have $100,000 hitting your checking account every year on 350 clients. And what Matt said was also true is you can generate 350 clients in literally one year. There's many agents out there doing exactly that. So it, the opportunity is huge. And there's even, there's more and more beneficiaries. There's this huge ramp of Medicare beneficiaries who need our help. So, you know, it's a total win-win. Um, I just think the opportunity is huge. I just want to make sure everyone really understands it. That's, that's my final thoughts for today, you guys. Well, I love it. Um, my final thoughts, guys, I'll, I'll, um, I'll reiterate what Glenn said. Uh, Matt, thank you for coming on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, buddy. This was a great episode, so we'll mm -hmm. have to do a part two, maybe after AP sure. or something. Just do it. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, So much good stuff, guys. Um, I've said this on a lot of episodes, and I hope you don't just get numb to me saying it, but if you if if you guys watch all the way to the end, go back and watch the replay of this a second time because I'm sure there's things that you'll pick up the second time around that maybe you missed the first time because there's a lot of nuggets that were shared, a lot of good information. Um, and... Yeah, guys, I, I would say, you know, I one thing that I think is really valuable that 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 Matt, you said, I think is if if you guys are hitting a point where you're just feeling like quitting, give yourself a couple of days. I do think that's very, very important. Yes. Um, I've had I mean, we've all had times like that in yeah. our in our careers where we've had to just like just step away, shut everything off and just kind of let your brain reboot a little bit because it can be a lot especially when you're first starting out, because when you first start out, out, out as an agent, you are the CEO, your customer service, you're the sales person, you are the CFO, right? You're, you're managing your books, you, you're doing everything, you're wearing a lot of different hats. And it can be very stressful, you know, you might have bills to pay. So don't be afraid to just, you know, let yourself mentally recharge. Um, but I, I do 100% agree with what was said, you know, if, if you quit, if you fail in this business in the Medicare business in particular, it's because you quit because it's so lucrative. There's so much opportunity out there. And 
really, truth be told, as many agents as there are out there, I still believe it's an underserviced niche because there's so many people on Medicare. It's craziness. So, um, well, there. good stuff. Good Matt, stuff. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Hey, yeah, Matt, if someone wanted to get a hold of you or they had a yes. question for you, what's the best way that they could do that? I mean, my cell phone. Uh, I don't know how y'all know. <laughs> hey, shout <laughs> it out. Your call, man. It's your room. You tell me the rules. Um, no, go, whatever, go for it. Whatever, whatever you want to okay. share. Okay, 281-536-4220. That's the easiest way to get hold of me. That's that's the easiest way. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, but thank you guys. I appreciate y'all having me on. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've been watching your show, so it's cool to cool to be on here. I wish I would have gotten a, a better background. I'm in my nice rental house. I should have put something cool back there. I don't know, like uh, <laughs> the something. insurance squad. I don't know something like a, cool. Like yeah. a taco no, where's background? your insurance squad? Like a taco background. Yeah, I could. If I would have had. Yeah, I should have done that next time. Part two. Part two. Part two. That's, right. That's right. Well, well, we'll definitely make it happen because this was Part a great two. episode. Um, yeah. Well, guys, guys, thank you for watching. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Woohoo! And um, get that. We'll be back next Tuesday. So, yeah, Christian, congrats on the house, buddy. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. We're, we close the closing date, December seventh. Good for I, you. I told yeah, him that, I was like, you couldn't do it a day timing, later. Right? No, no, that's a year. You, you need to be off by that point. Yeah, well, very yeah. true. Good. All right, guys. It's been a pleasure. Thank you all. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back next week. Have a happy Thanksgiving.